John chapter number 20, if you would please. I enjoyed immensely this morning our pastor's uh, uh, message on rest. And uh, I need more of that than I used to, it seemed like. I don't know why. My wife thinks it's lazy, but it really isn't. I need a rest. And uh, so next time she says anything, I'm going to tell her to take it up with her son. He told me that I needed a rest. And uh, I'm looking over into the promised land. Amen. Hope you'll be faithful this next weekend. Uh, I, I hope that you'll be here on Saturday evening. And you'll say, well, preacher, I, I, you know, there's just nothing worth watching on television. So you might as well come Saturday evening and listen to these young men preach. They'll do a great job. Sunday it'll be kind of wishy-washy, but if you'll come... Um, if if we have to, I'll push the old man out of the way and I'll carry on right right as, as we as we <laughs> He has been to Oklahoma all day, driven back to be in church tonight. I asked him to stay home tonight with me, and he said, No, not he wasn't gonna do that, all right. In your Bible, look at your Bible now, and we're gonna and and, and I, I don't know if this is original or not. Or not. Uh, it don't make any difference. Uh, folks are always talking about original sermons. Well, if you take them out of the Bible, well, likely they're not very original. Because you're probably preaching what somebody else said. And if you notice, Paul usually preached what somebody said in the Old Testament. So this is just the living word. And I want to talk to you tonight out of the book of John, chapter number 12, 20. I'll begin reading in verse 19, and I'll read down through verse 24. Try to develop a thought and be very, very brief tonight as we can. The Bible says in verse 19, And the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, resurrection day, the evening, after Jesus had arisen in the morning on the first day of the week. That means that our Lord could have raised any time between 6 o'clock Saturday evening and uh, till noon that next day because the Jewish day begins in the evening and not the morning. So uh, it's the day of the resurrection. I would say if I have been one of the disciples, it would have been a very exciting time in my life to have witnessed what I've witnessed at Calvary and uh, three days and three nights now has expired and the disciples are meeting together and it was the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now, I don't know what that would have done for you. But if I'd have watched him die on the cross, when I'd watched him take him down from the cross, I'd been privy to the embalming process or the, or the process of putting the sweet-smelling uh, uh, ointments on him Wrapping him and putting him in a borrowed tomb. 
I might have got just a dab excited after three days and he walked in the room. Now, I might have mustered up a shout or at least an amen or praise God or pass that around again. I'm sure I would have had a emotional, spiritual, hallelujah time when he walked in the room. And the Bible says, and when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side and his significance to why he would show them his hands and his side. The only scars in heaven will be in our Lord. In his hands, his side, and his feet. And when he had said, he showed them his hands and side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I would imagine that glad is an understatement. In the Greek, it means kind of happy. In English, wow, (laughs) he's alive. Then said Jesus to them, Again, peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever... Sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, always a Baptist around, willing to say, but I got something else planned. But Thomas, One of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Let's pray together, would you? Our Father tonight, we thank you for the word of God. And I know every verse, every jot, every tittle, every punctuation, everything is there for a reason. And Lord, what a testimony to have but Thomas. And I pray, Lord, tonight you'd speak to our hearts, encourage us, bless us. Thank you for meeting with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. But Thomas, (laughs) resurrection day. Three days he's been in the tomb. He arose from the dead and was meeting with the disciples on the first day of the week. But Thomas missed the service. Now I don't know what Thomas' excuse was. 
But I don't think it carries a lot of weight. After 2,000 plus years, it still says, but Thomas missed the service. I'd hate to have that kind of testimony. Honest, I would. Now, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me because some of you look like you're already getting mad at me. And I hadn't said anything yet. I'm sure, but Thomas had a good excuse. I'm sure Thomas could have said I would have been there, but my mother-in-law. I'm sure Thomas could have said why, what, now he could have said, well, I had to feed my dog. i never seen folks so in love with animals as they are today. I'll tell you, I believe it. I'd rather, it's more dangerous to abort a kid than it is a dog. You said, I've got a dog. Well, that's your problem. I got two, but two. Don't I have two? No. But I don't know why Thomas wasn't there. But let me share something with you. Thomas missed the most important meeting that you could ever imagine. But Thomas, it says, but Didymus, Thomas, one of the twelve, not just one of the congregation, one of the twelve, Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read verses in the Bible that says uh, that upon the first day of the week, let every man lay by him. Uh, I read verses, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. Again, in 1 Corinthians 16 and 2, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by. Now, I don't know why Thomas missed, especially since it was on the first day of the week. Because that's when the disciples decided to begin to meet and to worship and to congregate and share and, 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 and encourage one another upon the first day of the week. Notice, if you would please, in just these verses, the things that Thomas missed by not being in this meeting and being where the rest of the disciples were. I think the body of Christ ought to be together when the first day of the week rolls around. I, I really do. I, 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 think, uh, I, I think if we're not careful now, we'll get out of the habit of that first day of the week business. Notice, if you would please, he missed seeing Jesus in verse number 19. In verse number 19, the Bible said, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst. We're not talking about a spiritual Jesus. We're not talking about a phenomenon. We're talking about literally Jesus walked in and stood in the room and spoke to them. I don't know about you, but if I'd just seen him crucified and buried, uh, that would say something to me. I wouldn't want to miss that service. I said, I wouldn't want to miss that service, especially if Jesus was going to be there. Can you say amen? amen? By the way, I read the other day that where two or three are gathered, he is there in the midst. Uh, you know what folks missed this morning by not being here? They missed Jesus. You say, well, it was just Andrew preaching. No, but he was bringing us to a, a, a recognition and a realization that God is not dead. He's very much alive. 
And when we meet together and we gather together, we are gathering with Jesus. I don't want to miss that, if you please. Thomas missed meeting Jesus. Notice not only that, he missed the impartation of peace. Notice verse number 19. Jesus said, now I come to bring you something. I, I come to lay something on you. I, I come, I'm not a psychologist, although I know all about psychology. I know about uh, uh, how parents warp the kids. And I know all of that. And I know you're worried. I know you're fretting because the Jews are after you. I came to give you something. Peace. Peace. Boy, if this old world needs anything, it's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Amen? And the older you get, the more peace you'll need. Amen? Because the older you get, the more things don't work. And the ones that does work, they work at the wrong time. See, you don't know what I'm talking about. But our Lord, even at old age or young age, still brings the peace of God. And when he missed that service, he missed Jesus bestowing peace upon the congregation. Notice he missed also the joy that Jesus brings. Notice in verse number 20, if you would please. In verse number 20, the Bible says this. And when he had said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Now notice, and they, and then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. You know what I like about our church? If you come with the right mindset, and you come for the right reason, you'll meet the Lord in this place. I mean, we've always welcomed the Lord in this place. Can you say amen? And he's always been welcome here. And we've tried to create an atmosphere by which that he is comfortable and that you can be comfortable also. And if you miss the meeting, you'll miss the Lord. Notice something else happened. He missed uh, the call in verse 21. Preacher, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How in the world can I find out what God wants me to do? What in the world does God uh, seem to want me to apply myself to do? All right. I want you to notice, if you would, please. Uh, maybe if you look down in the, about verse number 21. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you. Isn't that great? Peace be unto you. Now what in the world can I do? What? Look at this. As my Father has sent me. What's the rest of it? Let me ask you. Are you a you? Uh, do you know any yous? Well, preacher, I, I just... I, I just I, yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. There's just no excuse. He said... To everybody here tonight, as the Father has sent me into this world to seek and to save the lost, even so send I you to do the same thing. As I walked in, Brother JT said they had 40. No, I think JT said they had 240. And his dad taught him mathematics. But today in our 
I don't know what you call it, backyard Bible club, front yard Bible club, uh, whatever it was. Didn't you have one saved today, Jim? Who was preaching? Who? That was a miracle. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Huh? Thomas missed the peace, the presence, the power, the command, and the blessing of seeing Jesus. I wouldn't want to miss that service. Amen. And as I read that, uh, the Lord stirred my heart. And I thought about that meeting, an extraordinary special meeting Thomas missed. And then I began to reminisce and think in my heart things in the future that I don't want to miss. Things that very soon is going to come to pass that I refuse absolutely to miss. There's no fishing trip No hunting trip, no pandemic going to make me miss these events. You say, well, you're crazy, but I'm having more fun than most folk you know. Now, I want you to get this. I don't know if this original, I doubt it. I don't even know where it came from. I found it in my Bible. The first thing I do not want to miss is the Lord's service. That's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. This week it'll be Saturday night. I flat out refuse to miss the service. I read one time that where two or three are met to, are met met together or gathered together in my name there will I be in the midst. Now this morning if I didn't get anything out of our pastor's message it was not our pastor's fault. It was my fault. I'm not going to miss the service. Now, you want the second one? We probably won't get to them. I'm not going to miss the shout. Our pastor spoke on the shout on Wednesday night. I'm not going to miss when the Lord cries, come up hither. I'm going to take off like Hogan's goat, and I'm going to yell all the way to heaven, I told you so. That the Lord shall appear with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be called up together 
to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. I am not going to miss the shout because I have been born again. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven when he comes back. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again to receive you unto myself. Can anybody say amen? Most Baptist reminds me of those fellows standing yonder when the angel said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye there gazing? The same Jesus that is taken up to you in like manner shall so come again, receiving us to himself. I am not going to miss the service, and I'm not going to miss the shout. Amen. Amen. You say, what else you ain't going to miss? Well... My wife's got dinner cooking, so I'm not going to miss that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, many are content with missing services, and I, I'm just sorry. I'm not going to get used to missing services, because I'll be the loser if I do. And so I must make up my mind. I am not going to miss the service. What if Jesus comes back during a Sunday morning service or a Wednesday night service or a Sunday night service? Oh, dear God. Thomas, where you been? <laughs> well, you know, just, uh, I've been hanging out. Well, you missed the service, Thomas. You missed the service. What big important thing were you doing, Thomas, that caused you to miss the service? Thomas, I'm going to pin it in my holy word that you were absent. You missed the service. Where were you? Well, Lord, you don't understand. I had to hold the beans. I had to fill my car up. I, I'm, I'm just going to miss the service. You say, well, I'm going to. Well, now that's your problem, but you won't have a clear conscience after tonight. Amen. What kind of pastor would I be? What kind of friend would I be to make it so easy for our body, our members to cop out and miss church? Watching ball games, ain't nobody else watching. Pulling for the NBA. I'm just saying, it's just some things I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss the service because where two or three are met together, gathered together, there Jesus said he'd be in the midst. I'm not going to miss the shout when he comes back in the rapture to take us out. I'm not going to miss it. We'll be right on time. Amen. You say, well, the way you're going, the way you're looking, you'll be the first one to go because the dead in Christ will rise first. No, that was written for you Baptists. Don't ever say amen. Dead in Christ. <laughs> amen. Amen, brother. Now, I'm sure this is not, I'm sure this is not original. I have no idea. I've been preaching so long. I wouldn't even know how to spell original anyhow. But I'm not going to miss the service. And I'm not going to miss the shout. And I certainly don't want to miss the saddle. Revelation 19.
And while you're there, if you look at verse 9, before we miss the saddle, I don't want to miss the supper. Revelation 19, verse 9. And the Bible says, and if it says it, that's okay with me. And he says unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These, these are the true sayings of God. I don't want to miss the supper. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Bible said in the book of Matthew, many shall come from the east and west and shall set down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is when our Lord comes back to fellowship with us at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is after the rapture. This is what takes place in heaven immediately after we get to heaven. The Lord is going to return with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. And all the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive shall be caught up to meet him in the air. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. We're not on the earth. We're in the air with the Lord. We've gone to be with the Lord. And things are going to transpire in heaven. And things will be transpiring on this earth. All hell will break loose on this earth after the rapture. And the great tribulation period when God begins to deal with his nation Israel, and it'll be hell on this earth like never before. But while that's going on on earth, there's something going on in heaven, and I ain't going to miss the supper. That's when we're all going to sit down with the Lord, and we're going to eat with the Lord, and he, as the bridegroom, will be wed to his bride, the New Testament Baptist Church. You say, did you say bride? Well, if you'd like to talk about it sometime, be glad to talk to you in the office. I'm not a Baptist brider. But uh, won't talk to me in the office. Just come ahead one of these days. I'll get you with Dr. House. <laughs> I, tell you, I, I like telling on Dr. House. I, I like to get people of the opposite persuasion and then kind of milly mouth around and get Doc House and the fellow who thought he was a Baptist talking. And then I sit back and listen. And after it's all over with, Doc fires me and runs me off. But, but this, when we meet the Lord, the meeting that I'm, the service that I'm gotten on to meet, that's when we are, when we're meeting in the church and serving the Lord. And then one of these days, the trump of God shall sound and we're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And that's when the Lord is going to fellowship with his church. Notice, if you would please, in Revelation 19, we close. Watch this. I don't want to miss the saddle. Watch this. Verse 11, I never shall forget the first time I heard this. I'd just been saved, not, not too long. 
and uh, was a businessman back in those days. And uh, my preacher told me one night when I was getting out of his car, I don't know why he'd say this to a guy with, with feelings so fragile as mine, but when I started to get out of the car and close the door, Brother William said, Gene, could I tell you something before you go in? I said, yes, sir. He said, Gene, if you don't win souls, you won't be worth a dime to God. I hadn't been saved for about two weeks. If you don't win souls, you, don't, you won't be worth a dime to God. Don't you think that's kind of cold? Well, what is our worth? What is our worth? If we're not telling lost people whose destiny is a devil's hell that we've got good news. Now, I didn't say that about you. He said that about me. So I went and bought me a book written by Dr. Jack Hiles on Let's Go Soul In Him. And I read that book on Let's Go Soul In Him. I couldn't even find the books of the Bible. I didn't even know what they were there for. But I could find that little tale, you know, that you put in the Bible. And Dr. Hiles told me if I'd take that tale and put it in Romans 3, I could find the first verse. And if I'd take a pen and write by Romans 10, 3, and write Romans 6, 23, and beside that, Romans 5, and 12, and so forth and so on, I made me a little map in my Bible. Nobody in this world was dumber or more shy and more embarrassed than I was. I failed college because I wouldn't give an oral report in English class. I told them, keep their degree. I'm not getting in front of 20 kids and give an oral report. And I walked. But then I got saved. And there should be a purpose underlying to folk who are saved. Now, let me go on. I don't want to miss a saddle. So, when I went soul winning with my preacher, hadn't been saved but a couple of weeks, he read this and scared me to death. Verse 11. And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes are as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. The name written and no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood 
and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Where did that army come from? First Thessalonians 4, when Jesus came back for us. And if you don't know how to ride, I'd start getting riding lessons real quick. Because some of you folks are so hard-headed, you'll fall off just to put a monkey wrench in God's plan. And we are coming back with him on white horses. You say, is that symbolic? White horses. I don't want to miss the service, the shout, the supper, or the saddle. Would you? Won't be any excuse. 